Shang-Chi stunned screen, strange, strangely sends shit soaring, Spider-Man seems simply shocking. So strap in for all this and more on Geekly Bi-Week. What's up, you gorgeous geeks? Welcome to Geekly Bi-Weekly, your new favorite podcast for geek news, pop culture, and discussion. My name is Hogan. And I'm Ida. As usual, uh, thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening on, uh, because we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you guys. We've also uh, got our Instagrams, uh, which should be in the descriptions, maybe. We should start putting that in there. But we've got a lot to talk about today, um, if you listen to the beginning of the show. We're, we're going to jump right in with a Shang-Chi review, which we just saw last night. We we got to talk about the elephant in the room, Shang-Chi, and mm-hmm. the fact that this movie was, oh boy, it was really fucking good. It was so good. Like, really good. I figured, all right, you know, it's a Marvel movie. It's gonna, it's definitely going to be enjoyable and fun. Um, but with all the delays, I was definitely worried where it was like, okay, you know, maybe things aren't going to work out. No, it was, it was so fucking good. Go see it, guys. Yeah, no, absolutely stunning movie. Um, it was, I don't know how to describe it, but it, let's, let's give you uh, the first quick review on it. Let's see what you got to say. So I thought that it was a really great uh, addition for the, the Marvel Universe currently. Um, it really did a great job of introducing the characters, creating dynamic uh, villains, making you really kind of question and think while also having a diverse cast and, you know, strong, powerful female figures it was super fun. There was a lot of action. There was a lot of humor. The music was great. The visuals were stunning. Just very little complaints on my end. What about you, Hogan? Oh, boy. No, I loved this movie. Everything from the the set design to costumes, like the wardrobe, it was really well thought out. And there's a lot of questions that I have about the movie itself. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I'm just going to go on record right now and say the choreography in this movie is the best choreography through the entirety of the MCU. It's true. They did a fantastic job with all the choreography. All of the stunts were just beautiful. Yeah. I just, it definitely made me want to get back into uh, doing martial arts because, dang, it just was stunning. And I'm pretty sure the person that plays uh, Zhai Ling. That was Mongar Zhang. She did a fantastic job. I'm reading that she didn't have a stunt double. Oh, shit. Yeah. That is incredible. Okay, so there was a, there was a point later on in the movie where they get to the big secret island or the big secret village that they were trying to get to and whatnot and all that fun stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know how it always is. Like, they've got to get there and, like, make sure that they're prepared for whatever's going to be coming. There were two older actors mm-hmm. in this that were not, like, village elders, but, like, sort of village elders, but they weren't just, like, sit on the side and be wise kind of village elders. These guys were out there kicking ass the entire time. Mm-hmm. Not only the diversity of the uh, of the cast and like how well they did it, but putting older people in these situations and showing that they are still kicking ass at it was fantastic to me because it's always like the young ones that are taking the the, the spotlight for whatever's going on in the action scene. But these the these older characters absolutely kept up. And it was incredible to see. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they absolutely held their own with everybody that was on screen. Like, there there was not a single performance as well where it was not people being badass. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone was fucking fantastic. There was one character that I was like, yeah, that was probably the best performance in all the movie. And it was the one bearded guy that was filming on the bus. Mm-hmm. Probably best performance <laughs> uh, because it felt like he was like, how people would actually be in that situation. Uh, and I loved it. Zach Cherry as Clev. That, that's his name. Is that who that is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- this movie w- was funny. It was funny and it was heartfelt and it was so action-y, but not like over the top. Yeah. It had its moments to just kind of breathe and be. Um, have these these moments of really kind of contemplating what's going on with the characters yeah. and really making you feel and question your own morality and, you know, the idea of what would you do in a situation like that? And, you know. Uh, the thing is like that, that I noticed, though, about Shang-Chi, uh, played by Simu Liu, there wasn't a whole lot of character development for him because he really stood by, like, like what he believed through the entirety of the movie. Yeah, no, there, there almost wasn't this 
need for the I don't know it's weird to say that there wasn't this need for the character development because there still was some character development but he was solidified enough in the character itself that it was more just kind of his interactions with those around him that was developing instead of necessarily him and his own growth does that make sense yeah well that makes a lot of sense I guess we should like get into the meat of the movie yes we saw in the trailer I think it was the first trailer that was dropped there was like this big fight club thing going on that we end up going to later on, not even later on in the movie, like probably a quarter of the way through the movie, which by the way, this movie was paced so perfectly mm-hmm. that not a single moment of it felt boring to me. Like this was so just well done. Anyways, like I, I'm gushing about this movie again. <laughs> they end up going to this big fight club and in it, like we saw in the trailer, Wong is fighting Abomination from the Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. And he uses some magic to knock his ass out. And then they end up in the, uh, like the, not the break room, the locker room, I guess, uh, together. And Wong's like, all right, how's your, how's your chin feel? Blah, blah, blah. And like, they're just talking to each other like they're buddies. And then Wong is like, all right, well, we got to work on that right hook. Like I keep telling you. And then like he opens the portal and they go into some random place. Why the fuck is Wong training with Abomination? I honestly, I don't know. But like. It just seems like it was entirely what needed. It just, it made sense in the context of the movie, but like, I, I wanted to know more because why is Abomination just kind of chilling out and training with people? Yeah. You would think that he would be in custody. Yeah. You'd think he would be like off somewhere in a prison, but he's also Abomination. So yeah, I'm interested to see exactly if they're going to like, include him as well and how they're going to include him and in other things um why specifically against wong why are they bringing him back it just there's so many questions and so little time so so little answers thus far yeah yeah um my thing is i think last that we saw him and whoever's listening to this correct me if i'm wrong last that we saw abomination he was taken into custody by uh, Ross, uh, General Thaddeus Ross. Yeah, I believe so. Which leads me to believe more and more that they are genuinely putting together a Thunderbolts team. They honestly could be, which is, again, really exciting and totally checks out for exactly uh, what they have been kind of leading up to thus far. I mean, it would make sense because we've already got U.S. agent in the, in the mix. We are seeing that there's like another Hawkeye. No, no, that would be Avengers. Yeah, that would be the the anti Avengers. Val, uh, who's played by uh, insert her name here because I still Julie can't Louis her. Dreyfus. Thank you. The the uh, dry uh, <laughs> Julie Louis Dreyfus Seinfeld lady. Um, she's already putting together a team. We've seen this, and I genuinely think that it's going to consist of Abomination as well on that team now because it. it the way that things are going. Um, that being said, maybe we're not supposed to trust Wong. We might not. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Cause as well, I've been reading, um, that the next appearance of abomination or Emil Blonsky is set to be in she Hulk. So I think that's where we're really going to get a lot of our answers. Ooh, that'll be good. I never thought about that. Yeah, so that is set to be happening. Um, it's a TV series, but there's no known release date that I'm aware of. Um, things are still pretty up in the air with that one. But uh, yeah, that is supposed to be the next appearance of Blonsky or Abomination. I liked his character when he was in the Hulk movie, and that's saying a lot because that movie was absolute garbage. It was not great. It was not good at all. They tried so hard, but it was not good. But I don't know. I feel like like them saving his character was a good idea uh, because it's got a lot of like implications for later on in the MCU that we didn't even think about. Uh, we didn't. We couldn't even wrap our heads around it at that point. Mm-hmm. And here we are. He's back again, training with Wong. Which, by the way, that move that he pulled on him, where he like opened two separate portals and had him punch himself, incredible. It's so classic. So fucking uh, good. Yeah. Uh, but that is an entirely wrong thing to do. Just, I mean, he knew I can't have, I don't have the strength to physically take you down. So, uh, yeah, take yourself down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then later on, like when they're healing up, he was like, yeah, we got to work on that hook of yours because it's not as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's a bit of an asshole, but caring as well. And next time that we're going to mm-hmm. see him is going to be in the Spider-Man movie where he warns 
strange not to do that spell, which I don't think is strange, but we'll get into that in a minute because uh, we do have to break that down in Trailer Tracker. Yes, we do. There's a lot to cover there. The next part that we're actually going to talk about is uh, the Death Dealer, the Faceless Ninja. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So in the comics, Death Dealer is an MI6 agent named Lee Ching Lin, and he works for Fu Manchu, which isn't oh, the storyline that they went with this story because Death Dealer got his shit rocked. Uh, oh, yeah. Most Death got their <laughs> shit rocked. Um, it was all kinds of bad. In the movie, Death Dealer is played by Andy Lay. And yeah, I mean, it was it was really interesting to see. But uh, they did not last long, considering the fact that they kind of seemed to hype it up a little bit. Yeah, there was a lot of mystery around the character and then no answers at all because they got the soul sucked out of them. Um, And I don't mean that in the gross way. I mean that in like literally. Literally. Like there's. Soul taken. Eaten. Eaten. Consumed. (laughs) Gone. Which felt a little unceremonious, I guess. Yeah. But like needed. Yeah, it was one of those, there's so many things that they can do based on comics. So you really do have to kind of pick and choose what storylines you find super valuable. And I really don't see them continuing the Fu Manchu storyline. Like it it does not seem like they're going to include that at all. So I thought it was smart that they they brought the Death Dealer character in in this way. That way you still get it. But it's over and done with now. Well, like I'm sure you know, the Fu Manchu was, or not the Fu Manchu, but Fu Manchu was um, Shang-Chi's original dad in the comics. That's back when they were like using these characters as kind of, not stereotype, but almost blackface-ish. Yeah, definitely was not. They most definitely faced Shu Manchu out because, Shu Manchu, Fu Manchu out, because it was just a wildly racist depiction of uh, Asian mm-hmm. characters and Asian people in general. Correct. I, I'm glad that they didn't even mention that character's name. Correct. Because that would have been real bad. But um, Death Dealer was cool. They they stole the scene as far as fighting went every time that they were on like on camera. For sure. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm glad that the way that they died was maybe a little bit quicker instead of making it like a big deal because we didn't know jack shit about them. Yeah. We we didn't know their name. Nothing was told. So unless you were a fan of the comics, you were you were not going to have any recollection other than oh, it's just this assassin. That being said, I genuinely thought that the mom hadn't died, and uh, Death Dealer was going to be the mom. That would have been interesting. I don't know how they would have made it work, but it would have been it would have been uh, good to see. But uh, so later on in the movie, Zhu Wenwu is played by uh, Tony Leung. He takes into custody his son and his daughter and. Katie, who's played by Aquafina, we love you, and takes them into custody and kind of like hold them prisoner for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. As he's getting ready to show them something, and they hear like this loud, uh, like moaning noise coming from down the hall of where they're at, and they end up going like investigating it, and lo and behold, who's there? Fucking Ben Kingsley is in into like little dungeony thing, yeah, uh, as Trevor Slatterly. He comes back. Uh, ben Kingsley is officially back as Trevor Slattery. The funniest. Ben Kingsley is just so good. He's such a phenomenal actor, but I I just loved the sly humor that he brought to it while also being very, I don't know, I'm going to just say very correct in his character choices. Yeah. Because you got that sense of like kind of being a buffoon and kind of being scared, but also still wanting to kind of participate and be involved because he was absolutely fucked over you know it just it was it was a fantastic performance from ben kingsley and definitely provided a lot of really good laughs um and moments to just kind of breathe now for those of you that don't know or aren't like totally well versed in the uh in the mcu uh ben kingsley's uh trevor slattery was in iron man 3 playing the mandarin Mm -hmm. and as it turns out he was a fake he was just an actor playing a role uh, that he didn't know was going to become this like big, uh, I guess, terrorist. terrorist face or face of terrorism uh, because it was like the Mandarin and the Ten Rings. Like he had the whole symbolism going for him and everything. Uh, after he gets caught and like taken to prison, there's a short on Disney Plus right now called Hail to the King or All Hail the King or something like that, where mm-hmm. it shows him in prison. Have you watched it? I have not. You definitely have to watch it. Um, where it shows him in prison and like he's giving an interview about like everything that he did and 
the interviewer is like has the camera pointed out. It was like this tiny little what early mid two thousands camcorder, mm-hmm. and while he's recording him, like he gets up and goes and stands behind him and like goes walking around Trevor. Blah blah blah. Um, turns out the camcorder uh, is a gun, mm-hmm. and the interviewer shoots the guards that are inside the the room with them. Uh, and the wall behind them explodes, and the interviewer is like, "The Mandarin would like to speak with you." Yep. And that's how he ends up at that at that compound where he's being held captive because he basically stole this guy's identity and like made it look bad, which it turned out to be bad in, in general, anyways. Um, and he he was getting ready to die. Mm-hmm. He was there to die. They were going to execute him for the shit that he did. Yep. And then he started acting. <laughs> Oh my gosh. He started acting and it saved his life. And so he's been putting on shows for the guys, uh, the like the people in the compound, like once a week, twice a week. And <laughs> oh my God. It, it was okay, just yeah, too I'll, funny. I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, most definitely check it out. It's actually, it's a really good little short. Um, it's part of the uh, Marvel one-shot series, mm-hmm. which had like a lot of different things going on for them. There's... um. I'm sure you can find them on YouTube. Maybe not because it's Disney, but um, maybe they're going to be putting them all on to Disney Plus because they're all really, really fun to watch. It's like there's one where Colson ends up going to a like a gas station or something like that to, or like a convenience store. <laughs> and while he's in the back, um, some people come in and like start robbing the place. And it's like two or three of them. And like he's it's Colson. He's super cool and calm about everything. Yeah, just a badass. And so he like kind of walks up and he's like, Hey, that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. And they like point their guns at him and it turns into this giant fight where I think he ends up knocking one of the guys out with a bag of flour. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's definitely one to watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check it out. They're a lot of, lot of fun. And they, I think they were supposed to happen after like every Marvel movie in phase one and two to kind of like bridge what was happening behind the scenes. Um, yeah, definitely check them out if you can. I'll try and find like a list of them so I can send it to you. Anyways, uh, Trevor Slattery, also D. Bradley Baker. You don't, you remember the character Morris, the little mm-hmm. uh, faceless pig bear? Yes. Uh, D. Bradley Baker did the voice of that, so that makes sense. Of course he did. Of course he did. They're just oh uh, god. So uh, Katie also was a completely original character, um, which that is super interesting. It was made, I think, just specifically for Aquafina. It's kind of this sort of best, you know, bestie, maybe a possible love interest. And yeah, she she doesn't have any powers or anything like that, but she still is a badass in her own right. And uh, Aquafina did a fantastic job just being who she is. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was super funny in this in this movie. I mean, she she's funny in everything she does, and she seems very heartfelt about what she does as well. Mm-hmm. I could watch anything that she's in, honestly. Yeah, but I like that her character was not only left as like just the funny side character, the comic relief. But, like, ended up dealing one of the death blows at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. She's a badass in her own right. Yeah. Like, every character was used in this movie to become bigger. Yeah. And none of them were left behind as just like a, it's like, oh, they're just the character that, like, that's there to push the, the male character's agenda or whatever forward. Yeah. There was none of that, which was fantastic. You know, having... Strong characters, especially strong female characters, and in this case, women of color as well. Like, it's so important to have. And there was not a character in the movie that it didn't at least serve some type of purpose, save for, you know, background people. Yeah. But you, you got to have background people. But I mean, there's so much nuance with so many of the different characters. Um, Zha Ling, she was fantastic. And really complex, really nuanced. There was a lot to her where, you know, they start off with her and Shang-Chi having kind of this tenuous relationship, and then it really kind of builds and grows. And then with the post credit scene, it's really potentially leading up to a lot of stuff as well. Yeah. Because uh, is this maybe going to be our new Mandarin? Oh, God. Right? So, uh, yeah, we... I'm really excited to see exactly where this movie goes um, and what it brings into the universe as well. I also, I want to point out another standout character was John John played by Ronnie Chang. So fucking funny. He was Zha Ling's uh, kind of sidekick, helped introduce 
Shang-Chi and Katie into the fighting ring and kind of walk him around. And he just, it was, it was so good. I love Ronnie Chang. Yeah, absolutely. You're <laughs> completely correct about everything you just said. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Everyone in this movie was made to be something bigger, like became bigger than what they started as, which was super cool to see. I think the only thing that I was kind of hoping that we would see was maybe because they were based in San Francisco at the beginning of the movie. Uh-huh. I was really hoping to see Paul Rudd just pass by in the background. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. That would have been great. He's like, oh, shit, something's going on over there. Well, I don't have my suit on me. Got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Which is something that he would do. Um, just in the back eating a hot dog. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I just loved everyone in the movie. I loved everything about this movie. Uh, that being said, we do need to break down the uh, post credit scene. The way that the movie ended was uh, Shang-Chi and Katie sitting with uh, their two friends that they were, I guess, having like dinner drinks with uh, near the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, behind them, a portal opens up and Wong comes out and is like, I'm looking for Shang-Chi. Is there a Shang-Chi, <laughs> Shang-Chi? And, like, he just kind of, like, looks around. <laughs> and he's, like, yeah. pre- present. That's so good. And, like, raises hand like he's a school kid, right? Anyway, so he, uh, uh, Wong's, like, do you have the Ten Rings? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we kind of need them. Like, come with me kind of thing. So he goes through the portal with them. Shang and Katie go through the portal. And the movie just kind of ends there. Mm-hmm. Until we get to the, the, uh, yeah, the portal closes and everything. Could you imagine he just left it open on accident? Oop. (laughs) Um, So we, uh, the movie ends, we go to credits. Uh, The first after credit scene shows, uh, which I didn't even think about until like an hour after, um, shows Mark Ruffalo in an arm sling, right? Mm -hmm. From the hand that he like snapped on or snapped with, I guess. Yes. But it was just Mark Ruffalo. It wasn't Professor Hulk. It wasn't the regular Hulk. It was just Mark Ruffalo. So he it's went. It's just Bruce. Yeah. So he's 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 just uh, not Mark Ruffalo. Bruce Banner again. Uh, which I want to know what the hell happened there. Bruce, Shang Chi, Katie, and Wong are all analyzing the rings. Like uh, Wong has them not opened up, but like projected up, like opened up kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruce is like, yeah, it's it's not like any dialect I've ever seen before. And then like it, the camera pans over and fucking Carol Danvers is there, a captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, this is, this isn't anything like this isn't Cree tech. It's nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. And asks Shang, uh, was like, how long did you say your dad had it before you got him? And he was like a thousand years, which is fucking nuts. Um, yeah. And she's like, yeah, this predates when your dad even got them we don't know what the hell's going on with these and then wong opens that not opens them up but like zooms in more he's like enhanced computer mm-hmm. and opens them up even more and sees that there's like this pulse like this this i guess this pulse coming out of it yeah and he's like it's a signal we don't know what it's sending and then carol like gets this notification on her little thing because it was all like a video chat i guess like you remember like what they did uh end game end game where they're all kind of inner chatting through that like a massive screen no no, no not, not so much yeah like the projector like the uh like a hologram kind of thing basically yeah she she's like oh boy i gotta go take care of this get my number from bruce and then leaves and then bruce is like she does this all the time i don't have her number <laughs> which, which so fucking good. sent me that was so great but um we don't know what is going on with these they're sending some kind of signal out to someone somewhere yep um and when that happened the guy behind me in the theater was like oh my god that's how it's gonna connect blah, blah, blah. so like during the or after the last credit scene which we'll get into in a minute i turn around to him and i'm like hey you said this is how it's gonna connect what do you think it's gonna connect to he told me that he thinks it's gonna connect to the eternals which that is honestly like a fantastic theory um i think it might really tie in um especially with the fact that the eternals movie is just now getting set to come out it seems like there's been a lot of interconnection thus far, even with, I know you had mentioned as well, there was a possible TVA drop in the Eternals trailer. So yeah, I'll bring that up in a minute. We've got a lot that's going to potentially interconnect. So I can, I can for sure see it being a signal to those bigger guys saying, Hey, uh, we need, we need shit done. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's just. What are you thinking? I don't know. I mean, like, it makes sense uh, that it would be not like tech, but like something left here by the Eternals because they played a big role in what in I guess shaping the the universe even before we knew about them. So it would make sense that it would be an Eternals thing, but I would like to see where it goes first. Like, like obviously we're going to see where it goes, but I would like to see, I would like to see some kind of confirmation maybe in the future, maybe even in the Eternals movie. Yeah. I could see like, them dropping it a little bit in the Eternals movie. Oh God, I'm excited for that movie. But then the second uh, post-credit scene, uh, I'm going to hand over to you. For the second after credit scene, we see Xiaoling. She is um, unpacking kind of some of the artwork that had previously adorned the other den that she ran. Um, and Razor Fist comes in to essentially say, like, hey, we're ready for you. And so they come out and she sits down in a throne, uh, which then proceeds to pan out over her taking the place of her father in the Ten Rings. And is therefore giving the impression that she is now the new big bad boss. The director, Dustin Daniel Cretton, has definitely come out to say uh, that Jeanling is a very special character. There's a reason that she was pushed to the side, not only by her dad. This is a quote. The movie doesn't shine as much light on her as we wanted to, but it's partially because we're saving it to the end of the movie. In a way, we're seeing the fulfillment of the quote she tells Katie, which is, if my dad won't let me into his empire, I'm going to build my own. And to see her finally stepping into those shoes and posing all of the wonderful questions that we get to answer in the future was really exciting. So they already have some really big plans for her. Um, and I'm super excited to see where the Empire goes, exactly what's going to happen with the Ten Rings um, and this new headquarters. And as well, so many badass women just training. It was uh, the music. The okay, women, but like fighting. everyone laughed at me when I said it at the theater. And I'm going to say it again, and you're more than welcome to laugh at me. <laughs> I know she meant business when she started putting in fucking solar panels, dude. It's she put in solar <laughs> panels, and like you know, it, it's over for whoever she's about to fuck up. Yeah, you're fucked, man. The solar panels are it. That is a sign of a bad bitch on a mission. Most <laughs> definitely, do not fuck with her. So that's mostly it for Shang Chi for now. Except we do have a listener that messaged me about the uh, the movie and uh, actually sent me a quick review about it. Ooh. So I was going to read that real quick. Listener Ranzel sent uh, to us, going into Shang-Chi, I had really high hopes and expectations for Marvel's first movie with an Asian lead. I can safely say that this movie's stunning visuals, rich mythology, and breathtaking performances by the actors as well as the chemistry between them that my expectations uh, have been blown away. Shang-Chi is a must-see for the MCU fan and non-MCU fan alike. I completely agree. I feel like even as a standalone movie, this movie is super, super great. Oh, it's fantastic. I was telling my parents that they they really needed to just go and see it. Um, because it, it does. It stands on its own. You don't have to have a full knowledge of exactly what the other movies have done, where we are. Um, because just the big points are it's after the blip and people came back. And Bruce is now Bruce and Carol is now Carol. And that, that's pretty much the only things that really interconnected thus far. And Wong. Well, and Wong. Yes, you're right. That was more of a deep cut reference. Anyways, uh, all right, so let's move <laughs> on because we've talked about Shang-Chi for quite a while now. Uh, we got to move over to, hey, guess what? More Marvel. We're going to be recapping uh, What If just real quick. Yes. So uh, I'll take the first episode, which is What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes? So we've got... Uh, starts with Thor trying to get into uh, the base to retrieve his hammer from the first Thor movie. And all of a sudden he fucking dies and it's blamed on Clint. Clint then as well dies. You've got Bruce Banner who explodes. Uh, Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, ends up getting kind of attacked and nobody knows what the fuck is going on. You also forgot about Iron Man. Oh, I did forget about Iron Man. So like she just said, it should have started with Thor, but actually in reality, it started with um, Tony Stark being killed 
uh, accidentally by Natasha. Yes. There was a lot to unfold in this episode. I was trying to figure out what it was going on before we got to the end. And like right near the end, I was like, oh shit, I know exactly what's happening right now. I know mm-hmm. this. And then it happened. You you want to give them the twist of the episode? Well, yeah. So uh, when they finally team up with the Asgardians, uh, they decide, you know, they figure out, not decide, that the real murderer is in fact Hank Pym, who has been using the Ant-Man suit to essentially appear as like this kind of unseen thing. Uh, and he is pissed because his daughter, Hope oh. Van Dyne, was killed or died in the line of duty as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And Pym couldn't forgive S.H.I.E.L.D. for it and therefore decided to take down the Avengers for not protecting her. Nick Fury and Loki end up teaming up to try and defeat Pym by uh, having Loki appear as Fury and eventually confusing Pym to the point where they are able to take him down. And he is therefore taken into Asgardian custody, which then Loki decides he's going to stay on Earth and become its ruler. And uh, lastly, Fury finds Steve or Captain America in the ice and summons Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel back to earth. So yeah, there was a lot to unpack in that episode. There was a lot to unpack in that episode. Um, just a little correction to you. Um, oh, another one. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. You're good. Like you're, you're, we're doing our best out here. It's been a strange day already. Um, Hank Pym wasn't in the, uh, Ant-Man suit. He's actually in the yellow jacket suit. Oh yeah. You're right. You're right. It's cool, though. It happened. The way he did it, though, was uh, absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the episode, we go to uh, Tony in Iron Man 2 where his shit is getting all fucked up. You remember, like, he was getting poisoned by his uh, by his arc reactor, right? Mm-hmm. And what happens in that one is she uh, she being, like, Widow goes and injects him like she did in the, in the movie. Uh, only Hank Pym is, like, super fucking tiny. Mm-hmm. And is inside the tube that she goes and like uh, inside the needle that she goes and injects him with, mm-hmm. and he ends up in his body and kills him from the inside, like it hits him with some kind of poison or some shit like that. Yep. The reason that Hawkeye let the arrow fly is because once again Hank Pym, super tiny, went and like knocked his finger off the off the bowstring, and then went into Hawkeye. And killed him from the inside as well. Because why not? Yeah, it was all kinds of fucked up. Um, <laughs> he exploded the Hulk by being inside the bullet. And then, lo and behold, surprise, surprise, killing him from the inside. Yep. Uh, a lot of a lot of going insider Avengers. Yeah. And then, like, straight up uh, just beating the shit out of Natasha. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she keeps getting the shit end of the stick, but I feel like Disney is taking their aggression out on her because of the, the lawsuit. <laughs> I think that was probably animated well before the lawsuit, but yeah. Yeah, but you know they could totally go and fix it real quick. It's true. Just smacking her around. This is for this lawsuit. This is for this. <laughs> um, oh God, who else does he kill? He kills, or he tries to kill Fury. Yeah, but does not succeed. Does not succeed because uh, Fury is Loki. Uh, but that's the uh-huh. end of that one, which I, I thought it was a really interesting episode. It was a good murder mystery ish, murder mystery esque episode. Yeah. Um, definitely one that I would watch again or like, I guess, introduce the series to to people because I, I don't know. I felt like this was one of the better episodes so far. Yeah, I definitely I thought it was a pretty good episode. I wasn't as like into it um, from the get go, but it's still definitely it's providing all the content that we absolutely anticipated. It's been really interesting to kind of see things be so graphic. Um, yeah, especially with an animated series like you typically don't think of an animated series being super graphic for disney or marvel and so the fact that it has been has been really neat to see so yeah and then uh if we wanted to move on to the next episode that's uh what if dr strange lost his heart instead of his hands when i first you know saw that i was like that's fucking weird how's he gonna live without his heart but they meant his love interest who is uh dr christine palmer played by rachel mcadams who actually reprised her role reprised repeat came back for her role uh in this uh to voice read or uh to voice christine palmer which yes she did a really good job i felt like she did really good um 
we saw a really fucked up side of Doctor Strange in this episode. Oh, we did. He went to the deep end. He went off the deep end. He was all kinds of fucked up. Um, basically, what happens is he goes to this award ceremony with her. Uh, and on the way, ends up getting into a car crash that kills her instead of mm-hmm. taking his hands. Correct. Uh, becoming so distraught with like everything that had happened, he goes and looks around in uh, Carmitage for answers, mm-hmm. where like he actually ended up in the actual movie as well. Ends up gaining his powers and then like starts looking around for ways, or starts figuring out that he's like, oh shit, I can fuck with time now. Uh, yeah, I can the go eye and of fit. Agamotto. With the eye of Agamotto, exactly. And so he's like, I can fuck with time now. I can I can go back in time and uh, fix what I've done. Mm-hmm. And so he gets ready to do this giant spell to go back in time. And the ancient one, who is once again played by Tilda Swinton, mm-hmm. comes around and is like, hey, strange. Um, no, I can't let you do that, dude. That, that's, a, that's a whole bad idea. Like, that's, that's no. Yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> um, we cannot do that exactly because death is an absolute point in a timeline and it cannot be undone well i don't know i'm not sure if death is an absolute point or if her death was an absolute point oh yeah that's true uh you are correct in that because if it were not for christine palmer's death he would not have gone to Carmitage and he wouldn't have you know discovered the eye of Ag- agamotto and uh, therefore wouldn't be dr strange as we know him today so therefore, it had to happen that way in this timeline. And so yeah, and so at that point, she's like, like, listen, like, like you just said everything that you just said. And he tries to go back in time anyway, so he starts like opening up the eye, and the ancient one is like, all right, cool. So you've chosen death, mm-hmm. and finds a way that we find out later on in the episode to split him into two people, split his like his timelines into two ways. Mm-hmm. One that accepts the death and one that does not. Yeah, and the one that does not ends up going and trying multiple times over and over and over to save her. He ends up at the uh, library of Cagliostro Mm -hmm. uh, and just, like, absorbing all the the knowledge that's in there and was in there for a good long while. Mm -hmm. And, like, like absorbs, like, these eldritch horrors at that point. Yeah, oh, that was... And, like, taking their powers and shit. Yeah, it it was a super dark episode. Yeah. And so he's like, he's like, cool, I've got all the power I need now. And tries to go and bring her back one final time. To fully resurrect her. And ends up succeeding. Yeah. For a little bit. You know, just ripping reality apart. It's fine. Yeah, most definitely ripping reality apart. Because uh, as we see, she's still uh, all melty and like dying and shit. Yep. And she doesn't even recognize him because he's like all like full on monster fight and bullshit yeah uh and she's like what have you done like why why is this like this blah blah blah, blah. and so he's like it, it's okay like I, I brought you back i can fix this we're gonna be okay and ends up dying anyway she ends up dying again yep anyways and even while he was like getting ready to fully do this the watcher who's like the host of each episode is looking at him and is like I think I should step in, but I don't know if he would listen to me. And even if he doesn't, uh, I'm afraid that he might try and absorb my power. Yeah. Which would end really, really badly. In the universe as we know it would be different. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's just like, cool, I'm just going to stick to my namesake and I'm just going to watch. Yep. Refuses to help, even though uh, Strange Supreme does end up begging him to. Yeah. He notices his power. Uh, or not notices his power, notices... Uh, the watcher has been there the entire time. And I was like, listen, I fucked up. Please help me. Like, I, I can't do this on my own. I need your help right now. And the watcher was like, no, you made your choices, man. Like, yep. you should have listened to literally everyone around you. Instead, you went and fucked it all up. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it ends in probably one of the darkest ways that I've seen a show like this ever end, where not only does the person that he was trying to save die, but the entire universe around him dies as well. Mm-hmm. And he's stuck in this, his own little pocket dimension where it's just him. Yep. And it ends very, uh, very twilight zone ish. It was, Oh yeah. I got chills when it happened. Yeah. Watching it. it I was just, like, Holy shit. This is, this is a little dark, a little dark. This is real dark. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just uh, regular dark. This is 
advanced dark. Advanced darkness. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it was it was a really, really good episode. Um, but I'm hearing rumors about this evil doc, Dr. Was it Strange Supreme? It's Strange Supreme, yeah. Um, that he may be showing up in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Which, again, I can totally see happening. Um, nothing is off limits. They've said that a lot of what if is very intertwined with the Marvel universe. It's just in the different multiverses. So it's going to be really interesting to see which of the storylines they take from what if and actually put them onto the Marvel Cinematic uh, you know, universe. And one thing that I mentioned last time was uh, when we were watching the first episode with Peggy and that giant octopus thing uh, that we think is Shumagoroth, like he even took her in, it showed up in this episode as well. Yeah. I'm telling you, this this Shumagoroth thing is definitely going to be a big issue in Multiverse of Madness, which is I'm not coming fast enough for me. Uh, oh, truly. <laughs> but... You know what else isn't coming fast enough? What is it? It's Spider-Man. Spider-Man time. Listen, guys, we're going to move over to Trailer Tracker. Uh, just before we do end that last segment, I really like What If, and I think it's it's going really well, and I cannot wait to see what else they bring to the table with this. But we got to we gotta move forward. We got to... We got to keep on. We got to talk about Spider-Man because the trailer is finally here. Where's my air horns? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is finally fucking here. And oh boy, I'm glad it is. I'm a little upset that, I, again, trailer was fantastic. I'm super stoked for the movie. But also, you made us wait this long, man. You made us wait this long. Um, I think it's fine that they made us wait this long. I think it's okay. That being said, while we do have the trailer, we don't have any posters out for it yet. They usually drop them at the same time. Yeah, still no posters. The, the little bits of advertising is just the logo. Um, and I think they're going to keep it that way for the whole time. Like, I don't, I don't honestly see them coming out with a whole lot of posters for this, um, at least thus far. Not until we get, like, an, at least another trailer for it, and we'll see what goes from there. Oh, boy. Just to break down this, just this one trailer. Oh, okay. Where do we even start? Um, all right, so the trailer opens up with Peter and Mary Jane, or MJ, I guess. Uh, on a rooftop hanging out and she she's reading a newspaper talking about like all the shit that spider-man's supposed to be able to do mm-hmm. and he's like oh it's just so crazy down there and uh, it shows them swinging through the city with public enemy number one like a, a picture of half of peter parker's face half of spider-man mask with the spider-man yeah and it says uh, public enemy number one because he's being shown to be the bad guy yep um just like j jonah jameson is always trying to do with this poor kid. Just let him be. Just let him be a child, right? Um, Peter ends up at the police station where he's being interrogated, and we see a man in a suit and a tie slam down some papers, Mm -hmm. which may be our first hint at a character that we haven't seen yet. It may be Matt Murdock. It may be Daredevil. Yeah, because it would make sense. There's been so many rumors about uh, Matt Murdock coming in. It was already seen on set. So it is highly likely that uh, Peter is, or rather, someone is lawyering up and uh, using Matt Murdock to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it might be Peter. It is probably Peter. Uh, it would be a good choice. He's a good lawyer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, because justice truly is blind. I fucking um, hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and then it shows, uh, like Pete walking through the school. Uh, Mary or MJ asks him, "She's like, she's like, oh yeah, does it, does it feel better? Like now that you don't have to keep the secret anymore?" And Pete's like, "Oh yeah, I mean, I, I guess, but it's putting not just me, but my people in danger. I need to find a way to fix this." Uh, he ends up looking at some random thing that's going on, or not a random thing, like this random uh, a light. That is mm-hmm. hanging from his uh, room, presumably. And is like, oh, shit, I know Dr. Strange. That dude can help me. So uh, he makes a trip over to see his buddy. To see his old pal, Doc. Docky Doo. Docky Doo. Uh, now, him in the sweats, man, gets me. <laughs> in the sweats, in the, the puffy jacket. Yeah. 
because it's like an ice palace. Yeah. Okay. So the um, the Sanctum Sanctorum is completely covered in, in snow for some reason. Yeah. We don't know why yet, but Pete goes to him and is like, listen, Dr. Strange, I, I, I need your help. And Strange's like, you don't got to call me Dr. Strange. We know we know each other. We saved half of the universe with each other. Call me Steven. <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't even say call me Steven. He's just like, yeah, you don't got to call me Dr. Strange. And Pete's like, okay, Steven. And he <laughs> looks like, at him and he goes, that feels weird, but I'll allow it. Yeah. Strange, like we said at the beginning of the episode, is acting very strange in this in this trailer. Yeah. He does not seem to uh, be upholding his general sense of morals and just overall attitude. Not only that, but he just seems so cocky about everything, which he's normally very, like... Reserved. Like, very self-assured. Yeah. But in this, uh, Wong goes to leave to somewhere where we're not entirely sure where it is just yet. Yeah. But... When Wong goes, or when he goes to leave, in the background it looks like it's Carmitage, but when he goes to leave, he's like, "Don't, don't do this spell, Strange. Like it's it's way too strong. You're not gonna, it's not gonna end well. It's not uh-huh. a good spell to use." And Strange is like, "Okay, sure, I won't. I won't." He, <laughs> Strange looked at him and said, "I'm not gonna do it, girl." And then winks. <laughs> I did it. Just the the. Surreptitious wink to Peter the yeah. second Wong goes through. It was like, yes. Like, you know that he's going to do it. So he ends up doing the spell and explaining to Peter what's going on. And Peter won't shut the fuck up. Because it means that everyone's memories are going to be erased, including the people he cared about. Which I'm just going to, like, stop for a second. Just tell the people you care about then. It's really not that hard. Exactly. Exactly. Why, why are you going like, oh, my gosh. They, they're not going to know. Then just tell tell them. But because Homeboy won't shut up, he goes and fucks up the whole spell. He's like, it, it shows Strange doing the whole spell, big spell thing. And then, like, it blows up and tears apart the room around them and shows them, like, kind of going through a multiversal shit. That, or what it looks like it could be a multiverse. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, uh, what just happened? Uh, the next couple shots is... Pete and Strange going through what looks like a... You've seen Inception, right? Yeah, it's a very Inception-y. Yeah. There's so many Inception-y scenes where it's like, oh, you know, reality as we know it is completely different. And, you know, like the trains all encircling around him. and Yeah, you know. like he creates multiples of a change, but we'll get into that right now. But it also really looks like at the beginning scene of the first Doctor Strange movie where uh, the Ancient One is fighting a bunch of just random henchmen and like completely changes the scenery around her without anyone noticing. And it just, it looks really cool. Then it goes over to a shot of the daily bugle. And I can't tell what is this WTC one. Oh no, just uh, NY one being attacked by what looks like lightning and sand, like some giant storm uh, dock on top of a, a train and like multiplying it around Peter and like it kind of like going off the rails and then there's this one shot right here that i'm looking at right now that's very interesting to me it's peter's hand inside of a like a cube Mm -hmm. and the cube has the symbol that's from the sanctum sanctorum on it yeah and he's being pushed out of his body yeah also i just noticed there's a squirrel on the side of the uh the screen right here um oh yeah nope i see it uh, which leads me to believe that is going to be uh, Squirrel Girl is going to be in this movie. It could be I'm calling it now. Squirrel Girl is in the movie and is going to save the day. <laughs> but this this scene in particular, this shot in particular, is really interesting to me because Doc looks super pissed, but it also looks like he got Peter to get something for him, and Doc isn't who he really says he is. Like now that he's got what he wants, he's going to push Peter out of his body. And, like, things are going to go to shit. Yeah. I'm not necessarily sure that it's even somebody different. I just think that he's kind of going off the deep end after the whole blip and, like, seeing the 10,000 realities and shit like that. Yeah. We don't know the aftermath of what happened. And I can absolutely see him just getting really power hungry after that. So that's more of where I'm thinking. Is it still... Stephen, Stephen Strange, but he's just gone a little fucking power hungry and mad. Which makes sense, but I mean, if they're going to need to fix that in this movie as well, which I'm afraid there's going to have too many storylines going on if they do do that kind of thing. But yeah, 
they're going to need to fix that in this movie as well because he's supposed to be running his own show in a multiverse of madness. Mm. I don't know where they're going to go with this, but uh, moving forward uh, in the next scene, it shows uh, Pete like pull out his iron spider suit with like the, the claws on the back. Mm-hmm. A bunch of armed guys going to what looks like a blown up house with uh, happy with happy Hogan. Oh man. Uh-huh. I love him. John Favreau. And then Pete getting attacked from behind, but like it getting blocked. Yeah. Which is big speculation point right there. We're going to get into that in a minute. It looks like some dirt flying up into the air with a uh, yellow lightning. Yep. A pumpkin bomb, very clearly a pumpkin bomb, uh, being thrown onto the highway. Yes. With a cat girl. And I can't tell whose voice it is, but. Oh, what what you're saying, uh, be careful what you wish for, Peter? Yeah, I don't that know whose voice That is absolutely Benedict Cumberbatch. That is Stephen Strange. Right after that, it shows Pete looking over to his right. And then the octopus arms come up. Oh, my God. The chills I got. And it's Alfred fucking Molina. Yeah. My mom screamed. She she has uh, always been an Alfred Molina lover. So I knew that because he had already said he was going to be on set. I told my mom, like, yeah, they're bringing back Doc Ock. And she was like, nah. And then she watched the trailer and saw him and was like, oh, my God. I haven't even watched any of the other Spider-Man <laughs> movies. And I'm still going to see this. And it was like. I, to- I told you. <laughs> oh, man. Do you not it, listen to my podcast, Mom? <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. It's <laughs> uh, okay. My mom does. I love you, Mom. Are you listening? No, probably not because you're like six episodes behind right now. <laughs> yeah, so Alfred Molina comes up as Doc Ock and like he kind of gives this coy little smile and he goes like, hello, Peter. Peter. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, and that's where it ends. With uh, Peter getting prepared on top of the car. Which is another thing we're definitely going to have to bring up right now. Oh, boy. First of all, we got to we gotta talk about the villains that we saw for sure. Mm-hmm. And the ones that we saw was Doc Ock. Yep. We've got Green Goblin. Yeah, and Goblin for sure. Um, we also saw, because he kind of spoiled it uh, a while ago, um, Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro. Electro. Which is what we saw as far as the lightning goes. And then we've got two other villains that are being speculated right now. Mm-hmm. And those two are Sandman. Of course. And the Lizard. Oh, yeah. No, I could see that. Because as well, it's bringing, it's setting up to bring back the Sinister Six. Or bring them in general. Because I don't think we've, we've never seen them on the on the big screen like this before. Not totally together. No, they've all been independent in their own films but yeah it, it's definitely speculated that willem dafoe has come back for green goblin uh just with the appearance of the bombs and as well the kind of little chuckle that you can kind of hear yeah we for sure have alfred molina as doc ock we've got as you said jamie fox like it's it's set up so it'll be interesting to see if they bring back thomas hayden church for sandman uh because he did make that appearance in spider-man 3 but according to the IMDb, like they don't have any of that listed, which I wasn't anticipating. Um, but it does officially have uh, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, so it will be Willem. Now, as far as the uh, some more speculation that we're seeing for uh, villains, it's being speculated that the person that attacks him from behind, that's kind of in the shadows, that uh, that gets his shit blocked, is supposed to be. Uh, the lizard. Oh yeah, no, that would definitely make sense. Um, but some others are saying, "What if it isn't lizard, and what if it instead is uh, venom?" Yeah, I've been seeing speculations of that too. Um, I'm not super sure because with Sony still having so much of the rights, even with this, I don't know if they're going to bring Venom into the MCU yet like fully in this iteration um especially with the venom movie coming out venom carnage like are, are they gonna yeah if it ever comes out yeah it's i think been delayed again mm-hmm. so uh you know we'll see that when we see it <laughs> hopefully we will because uh chris i don't even want to see it honestly i'm not i'm not gonna go see this movie i'm I'm telling you guys right now, I'm not even going to give a review on this movie. I'm not going to go see it. It looks so bad. Yeah, it's set to release later this month on September 24th, but uh, that was the last time I checked. We'll see if uh, it changed. Yeah, hopefully it will. 
uh, to being released. Um, never. But that's just me. Um, then we've also, oh, yeah, we already talked about Sandman. But who who do you think we're going to get to the sixth person? Because there's a lot of people that they could do. Because what if that last guy that we just talked about is Lizard and they bring in Venom as the sixth person? Because he, he was in rotation for the Sinister Six at one point. Yeah, he was. They could bring in Venom. They could uh, break out, uh, what's his name, Tombs. They could. And uh, have Vulture in it, who was also an original Sinister Six character. Which that that would be really smart. Um, I think it would be kind of a good addition because, again, it's intermingling uh, more of the Tom Holland villains. Uh, I mean, we for sure have the Tobey Maguire villains. Uh, I don't know if we've really seen any of Andrew Garfield's. So that'll be interesting to see if we bring in any of that. No, no, we do because of um, uh, Jamie Foxx. Oh, yeah, Electro, duh. Oh, it's a long day, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we do have the Andrew Garfield Electro. So I would hope that they do give some of Tom Holland's villains. So bringing in Vulture would be really smart. That way it really intermingles the three multiverses. Yeah, that would be really cool to see. Um and hopefully that's what they're going to go with because that would be great. That would be a, that would be a super, super great move. Yeah, super solid. One thing that I do want to touch on, though, is at the end of the trailer when Doc Ock comes up and is like, hello, Peter, uh, you see him get into this pose. If you look at it and what Tom is wearing, it is the exact same thing that Tobey Maguire was wearing in Spider-Man 2, which has led a lot of people to believe that Tom Tom's face was deep faked onto Tobey Maguire's body. Oh, that would be interesting. So that, because like, why would, why would Doc Ock recognize Tom as Peter? He would see Tobey Maguire as Peter and be like, oh, hey, Pete. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So yeah, I'm super excited to see exactly what happens with Spider-Man No Way Home. It is set to be releasing on December 17th, so we do still have a little bit of a ways. Hopefully we get maybe another trailer would be interesting. I don't know if they're going to do it, and then we'll have to see what they do with the posters too, if they release any. I've been seeing a lot of really interesting deep fakes where it's like they take uh, Andrew Garfield's hair, Tobey Maguire's like eyes and nose, and then Tom Holland's mouth and do Spider-Man No Way From Home. And it looks really fucking weird. They all line up so well. Um, I'll see if I can find it and I can share it to the Instagram because uh, if that is a poster idea, that would be pretty dope. All right. You good? Yeah, I just accidentally kicked something. Oh, well, don't do that again. But, uh, yeah, so that's it for the <laughs> Spider-Man trailer. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting to see if they give us another trailer. I, my biggest concern and my biggest fear is that they're going to show too much in the trailer. Like, what they showed us right here was perfect. Yeah. Because it leaves you thinking, like, like there, it leaves a lot to speculation. You don't see what's, like, really going on just yet. Mm-hmm. don't give us too much more or else I'm going to be, I don't, I don't want to say I'm going to be mad, but I'm going to be like, they should have, they should have slowed it down a little bit. For sure. For sure. So, uh, and let's do five second review on what you think the movie go. Um, inspiring man, inspiring man. That's all I got. <laughs> Perfect. Well, let's hear yours. Go. I am super stoked. I think it's going to be great. And I can't I can't wait for December. Time's up. Good for you. Oh, damn. That was a good one. Boom, boom, boom. That was a good one. So it's definitely coming out on the 17th still. They haven't moved it back at all. That's what I'm seeing. Um, let me double check. Yeah, December 17th, 2022. Or one. I swear to God, if it's 2022, I'd scream. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> um, as of right now on IMDb, it is at number one for most popular movies. Dang. It went from one or went from 43 to number one. Shit. Just with the trailer. Yeah. Just with that trailer. It, it, it shot up super hard. Yeah. I'm excited to see what they do with this movie. Uh, but we're going to move on over to a movie that I haven't seen the sequel of. I got to watch the second one, uh, The Golden Circle. Or is it The Golden Circle? Yeah. Yeah. The origin story is called The King's Man. Yes. So we are getting back into the Kingsman series. Um, this, I believe, is set to be the last one because I want to say that they were trying to make it a trilogy. It 
is set to be in World War like one era, so it's a prequel to the other movies. It's actually uh, got Rasputin in it, mm-hmm. which uh, the choreography in this, the choreography in these movies in general are super super good. Yes, oh, so fantastic! But the guy playing Rasputin is Reese Ifans, who also played, going back to Spider Man, uh, played the Lizard in uh, the Amazing Spider Man, the uh, Andrew Garfield version. Yes, um, which he's almost like damn near unrecognizable. He looks completely different, but he also looks really good as Rasputin in this movie. Oh, they did a fantastic job with his makeup and look. If they don't at least play the song Rasputin one time. Please, I would love to see that. I would love to see it. Oh my god! Um, I'm I'm excited for this movie, even though I haven't seen the second one. I'm excited to see what they do with it. The trailer looks good. Yeah, we're we're not going to break this one down because this one isn't really. I don't want to say our forte, but like, isn't something that I feel like that we need to break down. Definitely go check out the trailer. You mentioned that there's supposed to be a, a Kingsman show in development. Yeah, so uh, Matthew Vaughn has essentially come out prior. Now, granted, this was early the this year, saying that they were hoping to do a Kingsman show. I'm not sure on what network it's going to be on, where it was officially getting signed on, but he does have it. It's set to be eight hours in length, so I'm hoping it's going to be like eight one-hour episodes, and it will potentially give a conclusion to the whole Eggsy and Harry Hart storyline okay the king's man is going to be entirely a prequel those two characters are not going to exist but both colin firth and taryn egerton have both said that they would come back to do it so that is kind of exciting yeah he just he matthew vaughn the director really loves the universe uh he wants to continue on with also potential crossover films or spinoffs so even if we may not necessarily see the two characters heart and eggsy coming back we will for sure see more of the kingsman i'm excited to see this um over in the notes i'm actually looking at them right now it says kingsman show also in development eight hour long episodes my dumbass read that and was like the episodes are going to be eight hours long <laughs> no <laughs> no eight hour long episodes <laughs> and then, yeah and then i drank my tea and i was like oh eight one hour long episodes oh boy that's <laughs> <laughs> a lot better oh geez all right the last trailer that we're going to touch on though uh is one that i i didn't expect for us to touch on and i can't believe i'm actually saying it i'm a little excited about this movie and we're just going to leave it at that like just leave it just you know very basic west side story is being done by steven spielberg mm-hmm. it looks gorgeous truly does i couldn't stand the original one i, I thought it was a garbage movie I'm willing to give it a chance, to, uh, despite the fact that Ansel Elgort is in it. It looks like it could be really good, and we're just going to leave it at that. What did you think about it? Yeah, I actually, I've never seen the original West Side Story. It has just never been my thing. I think I saw one production of it and just... Not worth it. Eh, it's not my favorite. But this does look like an absolutely gorgeous movie. Um, if it's being done by Steven Spielberg as well, you can hope that it's going to be just cinematographically beautiful. But yeah, I'll probably end up seeing it. Will I rush to the theaters too, though? Probably not. Absolutely not. No, not even a little bit. Um, But I will see it eventually. It looks cute. It looks fun. And we're just going to leave it at that. Yep. And uh, with that, that brings us kind of to the close of our episode. Uh, Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, We really appreciate all of your attention and love and support. It means so much to us over here at the Geek with Weekly podcast team. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And that being said, I for sure, this time, I'm for sure, I'm, I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to be posting up a bit of a, um, a giveaway that we're going to be doing. Yes. Uh, just a small thing, but I'm going to be doing it for sure. Also, I want to give a shout out to uh, Elias for giving me the idea because I didn't even think about it. And also I want to give a shout out to Ranzel for uh, sending in that review. Like we really appreciate it, man. That yes, it's super cool. And we're always, we're all about the interaction with people that listen to us. Um, We'd love to give you shout outs. <laughs> yeah. So definitely thank you for that. Um, yeah. This is, this really brings us to the end of the episode, I guess, doesn't it? Um, I'd say for Matt to give us some five second advice, but he currently doesn't have any of his stuff set up. That being said, Matt, give us some five-second advice. Go. 
dismantle the corporatocracy. Wow, that was really insightful, I think. I don't know. Also slightly terrifying, the text-to-voice thing uh, scares the hell out of me for some reason. Wow, rude. So we're going to leave it at that. Uh, thank you so much uh, for listening, guys. Um, it really, like, I, like we keep saying, it really means a lot that you keep tuning in to listen to us uh, bullshit for around an hour. When you turn this episode off, I need you to do me a huge favor. I need you to go out into the world and do something good for another person, whether you know them or not. Just be good to a person out there that you feel deserves it. And the the world, the universe will return it to you. Do something nice for yourself, too. Yeah, that too. You deserve it. You're worth it. Cannot say it enough. Yeah, fucking nerds. All right, guys. Thank you for coming in again. Uh, we love you. We love you. We love you. Uh, we will be back soon. Soon, yes. Oh, hey, look at uh, I'm so glad that we're ending this right now because my food just got here. I'm so hungry. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, we love you, and we will talk to you soon, and we will hear from you soon, and you will hear from us soon. Coming to your ear holes on a podcast platform near you. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you said uh, to and not in. Uh, anyways. <laughs> All right, we love you guys. Bye. Bye.